Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Worman. Today we're going to recap the NFL's Week 16 action and update our ongoing betting competition. Talk a little bit more about the uh, the playoff picture for the NFL uh, before getting into the Week 17 lineups. Uh, we'll start in the same place we've been starting last many weeks at this point uh, with the most interesting stories from the most recent NFL week. Uh, Mike, what did you find most intriguing? Uh, was it the tightening, I guess, well, at least staying pace um, at the top in the AFC with the uh, Chiefs and Bengals keeping pace with uh, number one seed uh, Bills? Um, maybe more of the uh, maybe fringe teams hanging around the playoffs near the bottom of the of the uh, races? Or um, more of like the QB cycling in in uh, with teams like the Jets or or uh, or the Rams or you know or, or or you know you know that kind of that kind of um, interest. What what did you find most interesting from the last week? I think there are a lot of interesting stories this past week. I think some of it is the the is obviously the playoff races in both the. AFC and the NFC, the top seed is still technically up for grabs, even though it seems like even with Jalen Hurts' injury the and their loss against the Cowboys, the Eagles still have the inside track. Um, but also what it seems like there's a lot, both conferences are very, very top heavy. I think there are probably really three good teams in each of the conferences. And I think that in and the AFC's not as good teams are probably a lot better than the NFC's not as good teams. Uh, we, we worked it out how it's possible that the NFC team, NFC could have three playoff teams um, that have non-winning records, uh, depending on how things shake out. So yeah. um, there's it's, it's, there's a there's a there's a there's a I think some powerful teams and and it seems like a lot of those stories that have been these kind of not very good teams. Uh, sort of hanging around the playoff race, but even, and even though they're losing like the jets and the lions, even though, you know, they're, they're losing and they're still somehow in it. And then even in other bad teams, like the Packers are also kind of are, are winning enough to kind of stay in the race. And, you know, once, you know, the, the, the dolphins are falling and, and seemingly in free fall. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting results. Uh, Broncos, where it seems like, oh, despite the horrible uh, coaching that Nathaniel Hackett has exhibited throughout the this, this season, last week was somehow even worse than previous weeks. And even though there's only two weeks left, the Broncos couldn't leave them in for those next two weeks. They yeah. Um, the Rams, Baker Mayfield just blew, you know. Blew the Broncos out, fifty-one to fifty-one to fourteen. I think was the score. Yeah, and, um, yeah, definitely so, fifty-one. Yeah, I think it was fifty-one to fourteen. Fourteen, and, yeah. correct. And, yeah, that was. So I, I think that was the most surprising thing that happened. That well, play, thought, players seemed to be fighting with each other and the other team, and spilled out after the game was over. Even so, I think that I think that may have maybe caused more of the. Um, you know, reason for the the letting go of Hackett maybe before the season's end was maybe that. Yeah, I think so too. Afterwards. 
yeah, it seems like every it, it this the results were bad enough, but so, but it seemed like the results you're just gonna you know you're out, you're out of the playoffs. Why 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 bother changing things around midseason? Nothing's it's not gonna help you know anything. But I guess with the team it's kind of imploding, uh, you need to have a different person in charge. Whether you can you can say that's not necessarily Hackett. This part isn't necessarily Hackett's fault, but the whole team is is just terrible, and the offense that was supposed to be very good. Uh, has not been very good. It was only really good in that one game against the Chiefs, ironically. Yeah. And they, uh, and then, I guess it was okay last week. But then with uh, Russell Wilson back, they they took a step back, and so it's been yeah. Brett Rippon that has been the more, more this providing more of a spark for the Broncos, and it's just been a not that not that we're always the best prognosticators, but I think. This hiring Nathaniel Hackett was something we questioned at the very beginning, and, and yeah, it turned out we, we we turned out to be. You are you are a big fan of the uh, the legacy coaching. I am not, and especially if it's a legacy of coaches not very good, and <laughs> like that's the reason you're in the league. Like, yeah, Paul Hackett was a terrible offensive coordinator. If you remember him for the Chiefs, it was like the worst version of the West Coast offense that could be run. It was short, deep passes, bad runs. And it was like Marty shot. It was like, you know, during the Marty Schottenheimer era with bad quarterback play. And it was, um, it was, I, I, yeah, it, it didn't make it. It was, it was a, just a, you know, the offense was not, the offense was not the highlight of those teams. And the offenses of Nathaniel Hackett were also not the highlight of any of the teams he had played for. He, I think he had been on the offensive staff of the Titans, if not known for their offense, and then on the offensive staff of the Packers, which, is also a team that has not been noted for their offense in the last uh, four or five years. They've been trying to do things without Aaron Rodgers most of the time and yeah, defensive run first team. And, you know, the only reason they, uh, the Broncos seemed like they hired him was because new Aaron Rodgers and maybe Aaron Rodgers would come to Denver, but that didn't even work out. And so, yeah, it was just, it was just, Dumb hire, and at least if you're going to hire a, a, a nepotistic coach, you know Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan won a couple of Super Bowls. You know um, these some of these some of these guys are, you know, at least they're coming from a better coaching tree than yeah the Hackett's. Looking up, I'm going to look up Paul Hackett really quick just to uh, so he was. Yeah, does he have a better record than his than his son, winning percentage wise? Um, well, he was always the coordinator. He was he was never. Yeah, I don't think he made it to head. He wasn't a head coach, was he? So he was a head coach in college. Um, I remember. Yeah, now I remember. He was the head coach at the University of Pittsburgh for a while. Um, and then he was head coach at USC somehow. Um, really? Was the head was the offensive coordinator for those later years? Um, Marty Schottenheimer teams from 93 to 97 that always choked in the playoffs uh-huh. because their offense couldn't score any points in the playoffs. Yeah. And he had been, a, yeah, so he was not, um, he was he was the quarterback running back, quarterback wide receiver tight ends coach for uh, the 49ers at one point. And that's why he kept getting jobs because he was associated with Bill Walsh. 
um, Joe Montana and people like that. So I think he actually came to the Chiefs when Joe Montana came and they said, oh, this guy knows Joe Montana, therefore he yeah. must be a good coordinator. But that never seemed to really happen. And then he was the Jets offensive coordinator and was um, not so good either. And yeah, I, I just didn't. So, well, so has Nathaniel Hackett um, outperform or um, achieved more than his father did as a as a coach because he has been a head coach, although be it unsuccessful. Yeah, he has but. been a head coach. He was, let's say, oh, it wasn't the Titans that he was the head, he was the coordinator for. I'm sorry, it was the Jaguars he was the coordinator for. So also another team not known for their offense. So he was the yeah. Jaguars offensive coordinator from 2016 to 18, and then the Packers offensive coordinator 2019 to 21. And also I think Matt LaFleur, the head coach, called the plays anyway. So it was it was he was the Bills offensive Yeah. That's what he, he was been, doing. He was the Bills offensive coordinator when the Bills were bad. He was before, yeah, before um, Josh Allen was there. Before Josh Allen, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was Doug Marone's offensive coordinator, and um, we all remember the Doug Marone, yeah, era for its offense. Yeah, right? he was. He I guess apparently he coordinated the running game. Okay, uh, so the Bills and the Jaguars had decent running games, and so did. Packers, but um, the, the coordinating a strong running game in the NFL nowadays is is yeah it's it's a losing it's a losing strategy. Like you 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 need to run a little bit just to keep the defense honest, but none of the te- none of the teams you know I don't you know, really other maybe San Francisco you can say is it's a it's a good running attack, but it's it's not all running and you know if you have maybe the the ravens have been good with running it but it's because lamar jackson is dynamic or the bills have a running quarterback but if you don't have a running quarterback the running run first teams are not it's Mm. it's it's a strategy that's two decades out of out of touch it's you know it's well, it like, seems like now too that some some teams are have some success in in basically using short passing in place of a running game and and having as much success as as um actually having like a traditional running game would as long as, you, as long as you have an accurate quarterback that can you know get to a receiver get the ball to a receiver or running back you know quickly then then it works just the same as a run but your odds of a big play are much higher than than uh you know, traditional run game anyway. So yeah, this is something that Andy Reid has been doing for mm-hmm. 20, 20, 25 years now about. So it's you know, they, they would complain in you know Philadelphia and in Kansas City that there's not enough running game. But it's like it's like the old saying defense wins championships. It's not really it's I guess you know you need to keep the team from scoring, but if you can you know it doesn't matter where the points are coming from, whether they're prevented or scored. And usually it's a team that's score is able to score more because the defense defense is well, I, th- I think the defense is more inconsistent, and you, I think you need a stronger offense than you. Um, defense helps, but it's, you have to score points too. And running running the ball is not a way of scoring uh, a large number of points, especially if you're, you're behind. You need to mm-hmm. throw the ball. Passing is more adaptable for the situation. You can. It's yeah. I, I you know I I think um, yeah, the Hackett decision was really bad first place and it was based on i think faulty assumptions and 
of all sorts of all different sorts. Like, oh, we're gonna get Aaron Rodgers. That isn't gonna happen. We're gonna have a good offensive guru. No, uh, he's a son of a head coach. So son of a coach. So he knows how to coach. No, uh, you know, it's all these things that um, Denver did, and it's sort of ironic that maybe the two worst coaching hires you thought were Josh McDaniels and Paul Hackett. And the Broncos were the ones who hired Josh McDaniels before. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, so which is actually dumber? Like, a team that's hiring a new guy that hasn't coached at that level before or hiring somebody that you already know has failed at that level before. So which one's actually the worst hire then, Mike? Um, well, the idea is that sometimes people learn from the mistakes. And you could look at, you know, Bill Belichick, for example. He was pretty bad in Cleveland when he was their head coach. But it's Cleveland, and, so yeah, does that really you know, mean anything? Yeah. You know, but you could say, well, it was Josh McDaniels was saddled wasn't wasn't he saddled with Tim Tebow uh, as his quarterback when he coached the Broncos? I think it's I think it's Tebow. That's right. Era. Uh, maybe let's see where it's the. Or did he come the year after? <laughs> it's uh, Evo was picked in the 2010 draft. So yeah, Josh McDaniels was the was the, was the uh, Broncos coach 2009 and 2000. So he so he's responsible for actually choosing him. Then is what you're saying? Yeah, and then or McDaniels, at least coordinating with the GM to to, to choose him. McDaniel's was fired um, halfway. In the 2010 season, on the radio, I was just reading about. Um, he was three and nine when he got fired. There was also a videotaping scandal that the uh, Broncos were illegally taping their opponents before practice. I guess coming from Bill Belichick's uh, tradition, that was what happened. And then, if I'm correct, uh, the the Broncos actually challenged for a uh, no, they didn't challenge for class, but they were three and nine and they finished four and 12. So they didn't, they didn't, but the next year, That's the next year, yeah, with Tebow, the next year, Tebow was the start of the whole way. And they actually made the playoffs, uh, with Tebow. And then they decided, well, let's screw Tebow and then get Peyton Manning. And so I guess you could say, well, you know, the Daniels didn't have really much of a shot because he had Kyle Orton. They, they traded away Cutler for and acquired Kyle Orton to be their starter. That didn't work out. And they got Tebow. That didn't really work out. And so you could say, well, you know, he wasn't very good. He had these problems. But that was years ago. It's also true that he bailed on Colts when he got that job. He took it for like a day and then quit. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think either hire was good. But I don't know which one was the worst. It's still possible, I think, that McDaniels could coach next year. Yeah. For the Raiders, so well, the team I, doesn't I guess, seem to have like fallen apart. I guess right, they're not they're not seemingly fighting with each other on the field during or after a game. Yeah, they're six and nine. A lot of those losses have come because they've fallen apart with big leads. So I guess they've got the big leads, whereas the Broncos have lost their games. Usually, they, the coach is the one that gets blamed for not being able to hold the lead, though not necessarily the team, right? So yeah. Well, the, they you know, the players it. on the field. It's it, it's usually the the coach or how the team is is um, 
assembled or or you know they just don't have the longevity the stamina to finish a game yeah or they're or they have a dumb coach so which yeah. uh well i guess you could say at least in the raiders case they could get a lead where the broncos aren't even able to acquire a lead and that's yeah. why they lose so it's yeah i don't know what and maybe you could say if they if you lose leads it's a problem with the defense and Daniels is not supposed to be a defensive coach. He's an offensive coach. And Hackett, the problem was, though, they could never get the lead. And that's a problem of the offense because they can't score points. And Hackett was supposed and to be a coach. He's and supposed to be the offensive guy, right? So, you know, maybe that's the difference. But that's so just, that's just um, you know, like a, an exercise mentally to justify one thing or another when, you know, it can actually be a totally different reason, like why they hired or fired somebody, right? I think they're both. Neither hire is going to be. Well, yeah. we know we know the the Broncos hire has not worked out. I don't think the, it's still technically possible that McDaniel's hire will work out, even though I think neither of us think it probably will. It's I guess it's possible to turn things around next year. I think the Raiders have some talent, but they should have kept their interim coach last year, the one who's actually uh, Rich Basaccia, who, who took them into the playoffs mm. after the John Gruden scandals and things like that. Mm. Yeah. But um, whatever. It's, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's, I don't know if those are the, so yeah, I think as this, this uh, NFL, it's, it's still known for kind of dumb coaching hires, dumb coaching decisions bad play but still some of these bad teams are in the playoff what uh what did you think of the of the chiefs victory over over the seahawks on on saturday christmas eve uh i thought the chiefs started out pretty well they dropped a lot of passes, it seemed like. It seems like one of the things, like, like Justin Watson dropped half the passes that uh, Mahomes threw. Mahomes had a very good game, but I think he probably played almost as well or just as well as he did in Houston when he was 36 out of 41. But the receivers this week just dropped pass after pass. I guess it's the weather that could be accountable, mm. but... This, also, the uh, officials stayed out of the game for the first half. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, that was a um, welcome surprise. Yeah, well, maybe it was too cold to hold on to anybody. Maybe they would say, but <laughs> nobody wants nobody wants to extend the game if it's like super cold out. So you're not going to get a lot of calls probably. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I think. That was also that was also good. There were maybe maybe the best part was no turnovers, no missed kicks. I think for the first time all year there were there was neither a turnover nor a missed kick. And I think every other game had at least one of those. Maybe that's right. I think the Chiefs hadn't had a turnover free game since week five. And yeah, no, they, for the Chiefs, and they had five penalties called against them. This week also. Yeah, so they had a good um you know, Mahomes played he had an amazing touchdown run. He had yeah, I think the 
teams sort of in the middle of the game in the second half, they kind of vanish the offense. Mm. But maybe that's the weather. Maybe that's just trying to not get people hurt. The, gen- oh, the gentlemanly. Oh, the gentlemanly Andy Reid. Yeah. But yeah, the, you, you mentioned the uh, the touchdown run from Mahomes, though. Was that that image of the, uh, you know, fully laid out with the, the left hand clearly inbounds, extending the ball to the uh, to the pylon? Was that was that one of the best images for the Chiefs um, in recent times? Well, yeah, probably, I guess, since Mahomes' last highlight touchdown. Maybe the, the Denver, what he threw, the Denver touchdown pass or the, you yeah. know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, he's just, he's, he's continually amazing. And that was a touchdown that really, yeah, he had to, to, to score, he had to do all of those things because he barely got it over the line. I don't think he needed to hit the pylon to do it. Uh, yeah. But, but that's just the kind of, but he shift. left no doubt by touching the pylon, right? So there's no question, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a good, it, uh, yeah, it was a wonderful play. And yeah. I don't, yeah, it's, I, it's hard to, it, it's something that's a little more athletic than you think of Mahomes as being because mm-hmm. he's not the fastest guy, but, you know, being able to hold yourself up with just one <laughs> right, <laughs> without like, you know, hurting your elbow or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> be amazing. But it was the hand and not the elbow to like make sure that he's still up. Yeah, the elbow would have counted as a like a, like a knee as being, down. As being down by contact, right? Or where the wherever the ball was, where the elbow hit would have been down. But mm-hmm. yeah, no. So no, it was great, great um control and and uh impressive finish to that play. Yeah, and the and the defense played pretty well, even though they uh let the Seahawks hang around in the second half. But um, it, part of that was because the offense wasn't scoring enough points to put the game away. But mm. I think a lot of that came was just it was just the weather. You know, they they the third quarter. I don't know what the, the, you know. I don't know what happened exactly, but they um, it was. I think it was just a game that the Chiefs wanted to win and get through and make sure that nobody got hurt. I think that the next two games are going to be the same because they want the number one seed. They just want to win those games and mm. try to be as healthy as they can for the playoff push. They don't have the toughest of schedules technically, although they do have two division games remaining. Yeah, they play. Uh, one of them is the is the aforementioned Denver Broncos next week, next week, which actually kind of scares me because the Chiefs, I guess, they tend to play down to the level of their opponents, and since the Broncos are in complete disarray, that doesn't necessarily bode well for the Chiefs. And maybe the Broncos will have a little bit of an extra spark because of their interim coach rather you know they want to you know there's that you remember that game when Todd Haley I think got fired and Romeo Cornell became the interim coach mm-hmm. and then like the Packers who had only lost maybe they were either undefeated or only had lost one game came into like you know week 16 or 15 of the season and the Chiefs beat the Packers at home and that was mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate that's what got Romeo Cornell the job <laughs> next year <laughs> and yeah. that win but um sometimes the the interim coach can give teams a little like or like jeff saturday you know the the um the colts won their first game with with, with him mm-hmm. and carolina has done all right after matt rules firing yeah so, yeah yeah so sometimes those those they can get that extra little spark so 
it's I guess it's it's also possible that the, that the Raiders will fire Josh McDaniels before the last game, and the Chiefs will face two uh, interim coaches. But I I, I don't think that I don't think. That. It does make it tougher, uh, like from the the Chiefs' perspective, to like game plan what they're going to see in in Denver because they don't really, you know, they can't really. Uh, nothing from the last several weeks can really apply to this week except for personnel. But the actual like strategy that they've been using may be, you know, completely different this week because they have a different head coach. So if the interim head coach has you know, had enough time to devise some new scheme, then, you know, it could be a very different team than what their tape shows over the last, well, the entire season, right? So it will be interesting to see how, how Denver comes out in that game. Yeah, do you know, who the, the yeah. So do you know who the interim coach I have is? no clue, yeah. Who, who is it? It's, have a guy, him yet? it's a guy named Jerry Rossberg. Whom I have never heard of. R O S B U R G. Oh, Jerry Rossberg. <laughs> he yeah. was a defense. He's on the defensive side. He was was a seat before this. He was simply called a senior assistant for uh, the Broncos. It seems like he had been out of football for four years before that. He was the he was the special teams coordinator for the Ravens from 2008 to 2018. But there was, I don't see it. There's no listing for him doing it. In 2019, he retired. And hmm. I guess he had come back from retirement um, to be a senior assistant. And now he's the interim hmm. coach, which, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a little strange. Well, if he's not if he's not familiar with the team, that makes it a little strange for a hire. Then, well, I guess he was he was a senior assistant earlier, so I guess that means he was just sort of around in the building, maybe as a maybe. But yeah, it's but I guess it also says that it's somebody who does not have a chance of having the job next year, probably no matter what. Maybe yeah. I, I think mean, that, you know, teams tend to like rally around. Usually it's somebody else that's inside or or near. You know, if there's like a dispute with a head coach and one of the coordinators, maybe, you know, sometimes the player, if the locker room is lost, usually they may rally around someone. Mm -hmm. But it a lot of times it's someone internally that they can rally around. Like Romeo Cornell was with the Chiefs. He was the one of the coordinators, right, for the, the Chiefs at the time? Yeah, he was the defensive coordinator, yeah. So it seemed like the players knew and liked him already. If so they didn't have to, like, form a new bond with someone, it was already, you know, it was already there. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it seems a little like a Saturday kind of hiring with just some rando. Uh, but I, I don't know. I guess he's not really a rando. He's, he was a long-time coach, but he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't had a yeah. history it's familiar with the franchise, but not necessarily with those players, right? Well, he was he was the right he had I guess was he had come out of retirement this only this year to look at he's only he's only been at the, the Broncos this year as a senior assistant. So okay. he has no connection to the Broncos until this. Um really. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a little strange to yeah. I, I was looking at um an article about interim coaches. The Broncos might hire to replace um, uh, to replace uh, Hackett. 
packet and none of there were five candidates and none of them were yeah you know, it, was, it was there was actually i guess um what made most sense would have been to hire dom capers as the uh capers had been the coach he had coached the panthers and the texans i think he was the defensive senior defensive assistant for the broncos and i mean just from you know the you know my perspective from you know being really nothing but the broncos defense has been very good all season it Seems yeah. like the easiest thing to do would just be to promote the defensive coordinator to head coach on an interim basis to finish out mm -hmm. the season. Yeah, the current defensive coordinator is Ijiro Averro, is his name. Um, Don't know. And, but the, but the I, defense has been quite good most of the seasons. So, yeah. And, until yeah, the most know. recent game where they, you know, gave up 51 points to the. He's fairly young, yeah. but he, I think he's technically, he's, he's a little younger than us, but I think he's younger than Hackett. Or he's older than Hackett, I think. Mm. I think Hackett was younger than us, right? We've now reached our forty-fourth birthday. Yeah, uh, Hackett is about a year younger, exactly. Than us. He was December seventy-nine. So, but it's it was just yeah, it's a strange. I don't know why. I guess you pick a guy that's not. I don't know. You, he's not going to turn. I guess maybe you don't want the defensive. He turned it down. And so this uh, the article said that he was offered the position and he turned it down. Well, Rosberg turned it down. Avero. Avero, Avero, oh, Avero coordinator, was offered the job and he said, no, thank you. Oh, that's not good. So that's that's interesting. That's not good. Yeah. So Avero turned it down. Wow. So that means that he's like, he does not want to be with the team next year. Because like you would think if he was the Maybe. interim, he would have a good shot as an inside track of getting the head coach. Yeah. Next year. <clears throat> he is a good co defensive coordinator, it seems like. Well, so so maybe he, he may have made that very difficult then. Oh, but so apparently Hackett brought in Avero. Maybe he didn't want to. This is this article says that they're good friends. So there may have been a loyalty, maybe, or maybe you think, well, if I'm the interim coach, I'm not going to get the head coach spot. Maybe because he's he's still pretty young. He's Averro, and he is. Yeah, I don't know. That's a weird. That's just a weird situation. <laughs> wow, that's that's really surprising. Because that I mean, that seems to make the most sense if you're a franchise as to who you would ask to be your interim coach would be to just go to your defensive coordinator who they've had a good defense. Yeah, and I would have thought also this because because well, Don Capers has been a NFL coach for a very long time. You know, yeah, he would have. He's also on the defensive side, so he would have made sense. I can see why you wouldn't want to pick one of your offensive guys. Offensive is terrible. Um, right. But you might want to bring an offensive guy in from outside then to try to yeah. fix it. But they're not going to fix it in two weeks. Yes, I think you just pick somebody who's there. and Maybe that's it. Must be. And but I guess if your number one if your number one choice turns you down, then you would be scramble. But that, that does um, make more sense as to how that worked out. And it wasn't just um, a random hire anyway. <laughs> that's yeah. interesting. So um, any other games from this week that uh, you found pretty interesting? Well, I found, well, we'll talk about the ones we bet on. Those were interesting games. 
Yeah. It seems, uh, I guess speaking of teams that are just like aren't very good that are playing up the season, um, the Texans are are have played the last three weeks very well. And they beat the Titans, and that has caused pro- that seems like it maybe is sinking the Titans' playoff hopes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaguars are on their way up. You know, the Jets have been really you know the Jaguars really hand, uh, handily beat uh, the Zach Wilson led Jets, and Zach Wilson did so badly that he's not even going to be on the field again next week so there are a lot of it seems like a lot of bad teams have been very interesting in the way they've been bad and i I guess that's interesting and some of the good teams are just rolling even though they've had bad things happen like the niners and the commander brock purdy and the niners really beat the uh commanders fairly easily Mm -hmm. the eagles even though they lost Jalen hurts played pretty tough against the Cowboys. It's a yeah. It, I don't. There's. It just seems like there are a lot of like like it's. There's there's not a lot of middle ground teams. We have yeah. really good teams. A lot of really bad teams. Pack the Packers and Dolphins, maybe going in opposite directions now. With their game this last week. Yeah. What did you think of that? That uh, Chua threw three interceptions in the fourth quarter, and now he's in the concussion protocol. Did, did you see what happened? I did not know. I don't know. I'm not sure what happened there. He he finished the game though. I believe. I don't think he came out. I don't remember seeing him come out of the game anyway. But but it wasn't. I think it was like, um, what month? That right the day after the game that they announced that he is back into concussion protocol for yeah. second time this weekend. Probably should have been the third time. Maybe. Yeah, I don't see. Yeah, no I one else threw a pass besides Tua. Okay, so there's there's a there's a play um, that I see it was late, apparently late in the first half that Tua gets sacked here or tackled. Yeah, he gets tackled. As he he dumps the ball off and he kind of gets slammed. His head falls down back. Yeah, it's. Um, he hits the back of his head on, on the turf. Hits the back of his head on the turf in the first. So I guess the whole second half, um, he must have maybe had the concussion, but I guess nobody noticed it, and he seemed fine. Maybe it, maybe it took a while to develop like symptoms. So he did uh, throw three interceptions in the second half. Yeah, all in the fourth quarter, and that's yeah three. The last three possessions all ended in interceptions. Yeah, so that's 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 kept Aaron Rodgers alive. Ouch! Missed field goal was their previous possession, so that's a rough second half. Yeah, (laughs) missed field goal, pick, 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 and then they lose by six six points. Is all, yeah. Yeah, they they were up twenty to thirteen and a half. Could have been up by more. Yeah, they had a really good first half. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, their previous two possessions were end of half and fumble. So really the uh two minute warning on was not very good for the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, since the field goal they made it twenty to ten, they had they had a fumble, end of half, missed field goal, interception. 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 Yeah. 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 That's not so good. No. Um, but now Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers are now 
back in contention, I guess. They still have some chance of making the playoffs. They're not not eliminated yet. I am really tired of Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Which means he's for sure going to win again this week. Does that sound right? He's got the, the Vikings at home. And then I think the Lions at home. So they went out. I think they're probably it. And it would be a. Which means you're you're betting on them because you expect them to win then, right? Well, I would. What would be hilarious to me is if um, the Vikings blew out the Packers, like for their first like big victory in a long, long time. Yeah. uh, Rather than these close games. And that's what I would. That's what I really want to see, even though I don't think the Vikings are very good. I just, I really don't want to see uh, the Packers seem like, like, or, or Aaron Rodgers get credit for leading his team back, even though they've just been terrible and he hasn't been really good. So is the prediction that he will win his last two games this year, make it the NFC Championship game, and then they sign him to a longer contract that would be funny. You have to listen to him even more for more years to come. Yeah. Yeah. So um this even though Tua threw three picks, uh, he finished with a higher quarterback rating in that game than Aaron Rodgers did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <It's> like, <laughs> if you look at the stats. How is that possible? Is that is that Tyreek Hill related then? Because <laughs> Oh, I remember seeing, yeah, in the first half that um, Tua had, like, not not a whole lot of, maybe, like, 12 completions, but it was, like, around, like, 200 yards of passing. Yeah, he had a lot of passing yards in the first half. He had three finished with 310, even though they were like that. So, he was six, Tua was 16 and 25, 310 yards, 12.4 yards per attempt. That's, that's what gives, gives him the higher rating. So, one touchdown, three picks. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was 38 attempts, 24-38, one touchdown, one pick, 238 yards. He's only 78.6 rating. So he had three receivers that averaged 24 yards per catch or more. Yeah. Waddle, Waddle was almost 29 yards a catch. Tyree yeah, Hill, 26 yards a catch. Yeah, he had a 52-yard yeah, pass to Hill and 84-yard pass to Waddle on the two plays. So. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah. that certainly helps. Yeah, so some, somehow, yes, because, yeah, somehow Tua is still the league leader in quarterback rating uh, for the NFL. His QBR, though, for the game? Was rating low, was, was high, but his QBR was awful. His Q, his, his, yeah, the ESPN total QBR thing, yeah, it was really low. It was even lower than – Rodgers was only a 30, though, so it's not much better. But, no, not impressive. But, yeah, quarterback wow. rating – Tua is a, has 105.5 QB, a, a quarterback rating. Mahomes only 105.1. Wow. And in QBR, and in QBR the ESPN one, Tua is third behind only Mahomes and Josh Allen. So he's tied, actually he's tied with, with, with uh, Jalen Hurts. So it's... But how, are they, how are they doing in yardage, though? Uh, Hurts and Tua... Have about the same number of yards passing. They're tenth, 10th and twelfth. Tua and Hurts, twelve hundred yards behind Mahomes, though. Well, right? well, you remember Tua missed like three games, though. That's true. Two games. So, 
Yeah, two and a half at least. So yeah, I guess Hertz missed his last game, but still, yeah. In yards per in yards per game, Tua is sixth. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. What, do you want to talk? You want? You want? Do you want to uh, move on to our to our to our uh, betting exploits? Sure. Yeah. Mixed this week, I guess, between the two of us. Mixed bag. We finished 500 together, but you had a better week than I did. I lost two games and only won one bet. You were two and one. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about the losses first or the wins first? Uh, let's do. Well, I think we should get the losses out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my, yeah. Um, I know you, you went with a very low over-under number on one of the games, right? I did. There was a low over-under in the Saints-Browns game. I think it was a 30. Was it 31? Was the over-under? 32. 32. 32. And I said over 32. And the Saints beat the Browns 17 to 10. The Browns had a chance at the very end to tie the game in the, in the fourth quarter. So it, could have, it would have gone 17-17 to push it over. And then overtime it wouldn't have mattered. But – um, yeah, so I'm not that sad because I don't like the Browns because of Deshaun Watson, but yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that they lost. But it is surprising that, they, that their offense has been so anemic, though, since he's been back. It doesn't seem to have that dynamic ability to make anything happen still. 135 yards passing in that game, no no touchdowns, one interception. Yeah, Brissett has been a better quarterback than Watson, which is strange. But I guess Watson's been gone for a long time, and he's – Troubled, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, so the Saints um, are still technically in the hunt for the NFC South. I think all four teams in the NFC South uh, can still win that division. So they're still in the playoff race. I think. The, I think the Browns are technically eliminated now from the playoffs. The only uh, the Raiders, according to five thirty eight, still have a 09 percent chance of making the playoffs. I predicted they were, at one point we, uh, I, I, I thought maybe the Raiders could make the playoffs when they were they only had seven losses. They could have. Won, I thought they maybe they could run the table if the Chiefs weren't playing for anything in the last game. But yeah, that doesn't seem likely. Yeah, it seems like it's going to come down to the wire. But yeah, Cleveland. So, did. An 18-play drive that ended with turnover on downs. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the game. 18 plays, Mike. That's a long play. Yeah, they had a they had a chance. They had a chance and nothing. Uh, nothing. So, how about your first loss of the your only your your loan loss? I guess my loan loss was the in time the last of my picks anyway was the uh i had the under on the uh san francisco washington uh commanders game at 39 and a half and uh there was more scoring in that game than i think probably most people would have expected especially me Uh, 49ers almost covered that by themselves Mm, yeah the final score is uh 37 to 20 yeah the second half really turned into uh, a lot of scoring you look pretty good. First half it was only seven to seven at halftime. So, yeah, um, yeah, seven seven at the half, and then it went crazy after that, though. Yeah, and it was uh, 
Yeah, 43 still a chance points. At the end of the third quarter, there's still a chance. It was uh, 21 14. There's still, I still had a chance. One field, one field goal would have, uh, in the fourth quarter, would have at least, at least, right. at least, at least it went still way over. At least it went way over. It, was, yeah. it wasn't a painful uh, last second field goal that. Right. That it, it, but yeah, I fully expected a, a um, complete uh, defensive battle. I thought it could be a bit of a blowout, but I didn't think I didn't think um, you know Washington would have points if it was going to be a bl- blowout anyway. So uh, that's not how it turned out. Yeah, no. And we saw the return actually of Carson Wentz in that game for Washington. <laughs> right. Is that, that going to be a controversy? Is this Heineke going to lose his spot again to Wentz? I don't know. Is that? I'm not sure. Yeah, did he did he come out? Because of injury, or was it? Uh, I'm not perform- sure. It's it seems like Heineke had played a very good game. He had one pick. Yeah. If you look at the box score, his QB, his ESPN QBR was 84.1, which is very high. It's higher than Mahomes' average this year. Yeah. And he had 114.6 regular quarterback rating. He had one pick, two touchdowns, uh, and then Wentz had also a very good game, which was slightly higher in rating. Uh, so I don't know what. Um, I think Ron Rivera wasn't sure what was going to be. Uh, well, it looks like he, he looks like um, Heineke came out after he had a, a long sack um, where he actually lost the fumble. Uh, Nick Bosa sacked him for nine yard loss, um, and then his next possession he threw an interception. So they may have worried about his health, possibly, and maybe they pulled him at that point because of that. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't end up seeing that game, so I was. Um, I watched. I was watching part of it, but I was. I was working during that anyway, so I. I didn't get to watch all of it directly. I think they should stick with Heineken because I, I think Wentz is. Put Wentz back in the in again at the beginning of the season and see what happens. But Heineken yeah. gotten the team into contention. They were out of contention when Wentz was playing. I think my my assumption is that they were they were worried that that uh, the Heineke was injured and or was rattled maybe, and there was no mm-hmm. um, reason to risk him getting further injured or or, or more rattled. Right? That's true. Yeah. Um. How about what was your uh, second pick then? My second loss was what was my second loss? I'm sorry, I dropped up like it uh, you was, had, um, Minnesota. Oh yeah, Minnesota. Oh, that was the worst. That was that was my worst loss by far. Um, yeah. We had Minnesota. Well, I had Minnesota by three and a half at home against uh, the Giants. They were up most of that game, and they were up by eight points. Uh, until the very end, when within one with one minute less than one minute left, the Giants scored a touchdown and the two point conversion to tie the game. And then instead of going to overtime, where the Vikings would have had a chance to cover it had they scored a touchdown, they kicked a sixty one yard field goal to win the game and won by three. And 
instead of the, the three and a half. They should have kicked yeah, a so four point field goal just to cover the spread. Yeah. I think a sixty. I think sixty plus yards should be worth four points. Uh, just or saying. at least three and a half anyway, right? Yeah, three and a just half. to yeah. just to get back to a push. Yeah, yeah. So like both. Yeah, yeah. The, even yeah, the Giants better. Even though the Giants lost the game, I'm sure they're cheering when that field goal went in. <laughs> That's uh, I guess you know, this is why the 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 lines are so well done by the uh, bookmakers, and you know, this is why they make money. And sixty-one yard field goal. Did were you did you get to watch that one? Were you paying attention to it? I was paying attention to. It. I wasn't watching it. I was yeah. I was in the car most of the time um, during the one o'clock hour. I was listening to Cheese Game on the radio, and I. I just had followed it and I saw yeah. the yeah, I was just following it kind of along and that was a, a uh, bad, I guess you can call it a bad beat, but it was yeah, it was very close. A you know, had the I guess had the Giants not they would if the Giants you know, if the Giants hadn't got the two point conversion. They would have lost by two, and they still would have lost. So, right. it, it, and the and Vikings would have tried to. Yeah. So, but I thought it was good. That the Vikings actually got the two point. I mean, the Giants got the two point conversion. Then at least the, the you know the little Vikings weren't going to kneel down and end the game that way. But they give you a chance. Yeah. They. I thought it was going to go to overtime, and then just and they ended the regulation with the local. So, what are you going to do? And that and that cost you your um, chance to get to even for the year too. Yeah. It did. I was one game under 500. Now I'm two games under 500. So you're going to be, yeah, angry at uh, Greg Joseph for the rest of the year, then, right? I suppose. I guess I'm just angry at the like for I'm angry at myself for betting on the Vikings in a game, and they play <laughs> they only play close games or they lose blowouts, and so yeah, the Giants maybe aren't good enough to blow them out. So yeah, hmm, it's going to be close. That's what yeah, that's what I get. How about you? Maybe we'll switch over to victories now. Uh, what was your second bet? So my uh, second bet was I bet on um, the uh, my last two bets were both on teams that I thought um, had good playoff chances and really needed victories. Um, first though was um, Jacksonville's uh, win over the Jets. I had them. I had um, the Jacksonville's pick them even uh, at. New York Jets and yeah, Jacksonville um, won pretty handily in that uh, Thursday night game. And it was a, yeah, and the Jets are, finished, yeah, I think uh, I was surprised that three that was line surprised. was so close. The, Jet, mm-hmm. the, the Jaguars have been playing very well. The Jets did not have their best quarterback quite. And in general, they aren't very good, even though they had started out the season kind of surprisingly well. Yeah, I, this was a game of the, the only points the Jets scored were basically given to them. Uh, at the be- beginning of the game when Lawrence got sacked and they fumbled the ball and then deep in his own territory, but the Jaguars could only, I mean, the Jets could only muster a field goal rather than a touchdown. And it ended, yeah, 19 to three or 20, 20 to three, 19 to three. 19 to three. 19 to three. A lot of field goals. A lot of field goals. So, yeah, good. I was a good, I, w- I would have been, had I, uh, I would have been on that same side as well. Uh, you know, in the, Trying to shoot, shoot my own horn, but I did not I like it. <laughs> but this good, yeah, good bet for you. Um, Zach Wilson, it seems like, is probably done now. 
in New York. He was replaced in the game by Chris Strudler. A we had, I believe, talked about Strudler at one point last year or the year before. That's right. He, um, was quarterback for I think he was Ravens and Dolphins practice squad. He was on, oh, he was Arizona as one of their backups for a while, and. He has played, he, he got into five games in 2020, um, but he is a former Winnipeg Blue Bomber. He's best, his most success has been in the Canadian League. He won the Grey Cup in 2019. He was the CFL co-rushing touchdowns leader uh, in 2019. With two other players, neither, I've never heard of, I haven't heard of it. It's interesting how the CFL, you, like these guys that play in the CFL, most of them play for American colleges, but you, like, I don't remember any of these players. In yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very different world. Canadian. I, 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 kind of, I kind of think I should follow the CFL a little bit more, but I, 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 haven't, uh, I haven't developed the, <laughs> the interest, really. It's just one of those yeah. Or think, uh, I do think it was interesting in, in this particular game anyway that yeah Zach Wilson played the first half plus the next 12 minutes of the second half. Streveler had only two fewer yards passing and led the team in rushing hmm. playing the last 18 minutes of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, That's... Zach Wilson in in uh let's see what they would be a 43 minutes of game time. Nine of 18 passing for 92 yards, only 5.1 yards per attempt. No touchdowns, one interception. Sacked three times. Did not fumble, though, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. Trevor had 90 passing yards and uh, also rushed for 54 yards. Next highest rusher on the team, like seven yards. <laughs> they apparently have no running game and really no passing game either. I guess that's pretty unfortunate. Yeah, it was a yeah. The Jets still are technically in the playoff race. I think if they win their next two games and New England loses one of their next two, they're in the playoffs. So still a lot of bad teams can make the playoffs. Wow. Um, speaking of bad teams that can still make the playoffs. The Seattle Seahawks in the NFC. The Chiefs beat them. That was my lone victory. I, uh, the Chiefs were actually favored by nine and a half, and they won uh, by fourteen. It was a little bit touch and go at the end when the, the it was twenty four to three. It seemed like a comfortable win, and then uh, the Seahawks scored a touchdown to make it twenty four to ten, and then an onside kick. And who knows what's going to happen with that? And they could have gotten another one at the end, but it was um, you know uh, the second straight game where I have bet the Chiefs at home by nine and a half points as I have point favorites where they have covered. The last one was against Jacksonville several weeks ago. So um, that was my lone victory. I'm happy about it. I'm not going to bet the Chiefs though again this week, but um, what was your, what was your third pick? Uh, my third pick was on the uh, Bengals. I had Bengals uh, minus three and a half at. <laughs> that was a fortunate win for you. Well, that was, it didn't look so good early. 
because the Bengals did not basically didn't play the first half. No, they played the first. No, it was the other way around. It looked great. The second the half, yeah. half, and then they like basically took the second half off. So it was they were the opposite of the, the Buccaneers Bengals. Yeah, yeah, they were way up. They were up twenty-two zero. Yeah, and then it looked like the um, got dicey. It was an interception return for a touchdown late in the third quarter. Uh, with a missed missed point after attempt, then another, then two more touchdowns in the fourth quarter from the Patriots, also with missed extra point attempts for a twenty-two eighteen and a half point covering the spread, Mike, because of all of the missed extra point attempts. <laughs> yeah, the, I think the biggest uh, one was when um, the uh, the the Patriots had the ball on the Cincinnati five yard line, and they fumbled it with like two minutes less than a minute left in the game, or something like that. So that's what yeah. that's what cost them. They and they and they were up by yeah, it was a three and a half point cushion, and they won by four. So you won. Your our our margin was I lost my uh, three and a half point uh, favorite uh, by half a point, and you won yours by one half, and that has bolted you into the lead in our betting if i'm if i'm uh adding correctly that is in the lead by a push back to this uh scenario again uh so you're now 23 25 23 and 25 minus 200 dollars on the season and i'm 23 24 and 1 uh minus 100 dollars so now it's now it's time for me to get, um, you know, just try to play for the close victory on the season. I just have to close it out, right? Yeah, be a gentlemanly Andy Reid type. That's, I think that I was seems to be how we how we do this. I mean, you'll take the lead back next week, and then we'll end up tied somehow in the last week. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a push. We'll have one of these pushes somewhere. To, yeah, um, you, you need to get another push to to even this out, right? Right. I guess it's possible I could get a push um, this week because I believe all of my games. Oh, I think all of your games are pushable. <laughs> Although, as I look, as I check this now, when I made the one of my bets was Seahawks over Jets minus two. As I check right now, it's it's down to one and a half. So should, should, oh. should we should we keep good thing, the uh, good thing you checked? No, I don't know. What 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 do <laughs> It is. It is one and a half now. Yeah. It's well, do you half. want it to be? We we you know you'd already made the pick, so you can have. I locked it, it in. We already locked it in. We'll lock it. Yeah. Okay. You okay. can you can take it either way. I don't really care. We locked it in at two. Why don't we keep it at two? Do you want it at two? Would you rather have it at one and a half? Well, of course I'd rather have it one and a half because I I picked the uh, Seahawks. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Did the other ones stay the same? Very pretty. Check that. The Arizona Atlanta game stay the same. Uh huh. Well, I don't want to spoil the. Uh... Okay. Well, I guess we'll. I'll, I'll make my. I'll talk about my first bet then. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll check them as we go. Yeah. Okay. So my first bet of the week is the Jets, the, the losing Jets, um, seven and eight at the seven eight CL Seahawks on Sunday afternoon. Uh, the Jets are somehow favored, but I guess that's because Mike White is going to be the quarterback and Joe Flacco is going to be the backup, leaving Streveler perhaps as number three, but leaving definitely Wilson out of the picture 
De- yeah. well, I believe he's deactivated actually today. So he's will be inactive for sure in the next. Yeah. So I, I, I think the Seahawks, even though they lost to the Chiefs fairly handily, have a better team. I think they are still thinking of themselves as playoff uh, hopefuls. And Kenneth Walker, their running, star running back, is healthier oh, this week than he was last week. Smith is, is still a decent quarterback. I think maybe Lockett might play next week uh, for them. So I think, I think they're, even though they're both, both those teams are kind of going downhill, it's in Seattle. It's a long trip for the Jets. I like, I like the Seahawks to win that game. And there may be getting, a little added reason why Seahawks may want to perform well in this game. Not necessarily the Seahawks, but specifically Smith, right? Geno Smith. Yes. Geno Smith against, against the Jets. Is also, I guess, wait, wait, I do want the Seahawks. I want to keep the two because I want yeah. the, that gives me, that gives me more. Points. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was confused there. I was thinking, yeah, it was, it was, yeah it's, it's Seahawks plus two. So I want to keep the Seahawks plus two. Um, yeah. I was, I was, I was way off. Anyway, I was, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking of Seahawks minus two rather than, uh, um, because I thought I, I was surprised that the Jets were favorite. So I, I, I think the C, even if it were Seahawks minus one or something or two, I would have probably taken the Seahawks here. So, um, yeah, I like the Seahawks at home as home underdogs. How about you and your first bet next week? Um, my first bet, I'm going um, back to the, the Chiefs Broncos game. Um, I don't know if the Chiefs will actually cover the 13 and a half point spread, but I do think the um, over under number is a little bit low. Um, Broncos, you know, with a new head coach in a bit of disarray, but it does seem like teams that are in this scenario somehow manage to like at least score a little bit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna expect the the two teams combined to be able to cover the 45 point line. So I'm gonna take the over in this game. Yeah. Well, the Rams scored 51 against the Broncos last week, so they by themselves covered uh, 45. So you would think maybe this might be a well. It's at home. The Chiefs had been on the road. I guess like I, said, they, 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 I guess they had been on the road for three weeks before this uh, past Seahawks game. So they're on the uh, second half of a homestand and last home game of the regular season for them. So maybe they want to go out and bang. So yeah, I, I. But yeah, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make the third minus thirteen and a half pick for sure. So yeah, uh, the over under I would say is a much safer. If you wanted to bet, and. Think of it, yeah. Um, so I think that's a, I think that's a possibility. It's over forty-five for sure. It doesn't seem like the Chiefs have any like the Broncos have a good defense, but it doesn't seem like the Chiefs. It doesn't matter who they play; they can still score points. They're still going to put up at least mid twenties. You would, you would guess, mm-hmm. even even if they have a terrible game, and you know, yeah, I see. I see the Chiefs is putting up over thirty probably against the Broncos, and so. Uh, they I, don't expect, I don't expect the 51 point outburst, but you know, yeah, <laughs> I'd like to see that though. Yeah, I think the Broncos defense is uh, not in the best mood right now, so they might not be able to hold the Chiefs. Um, I also have an, uh, an over under bet this week, and that was the Falcon again, a, a game that's two not so good teams, Falcons, Cardinals. And I thought the over/under was set, was set at 41, which is a little bit high because uh, the Cardinals are not. Uh, I don't know if they have. I don't know if it's going to be Trace McSorley again for the Cardinals, but it's going to be a backup quarterback, whether it's Colt McCoy or Trace McSorley. Mm-hmm. And the Falcons 
have Desmond Ritter as their starter now. So I, I don't see either of those teams as scoring very many points. Uh, 41 is the over-under. It's in a dome, I guess, but but I, I, I'm going to go with the under, under 41. Yeah, is um is Kyler Murray out for an ex- like the rest of the year or what? Yeah, I think he tore his ACL. Is that it? oh okay? Oh yeah, that's not great. Yeah, so he's out. So it's gonna be it's gonna be either uh, McSorley or McCoy. And they did announce that uh, JJ Watt's going to be retiring at the end of the season too. So yeah. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll want, to, want to go out with a bang. But as a defensive player, that's good for me because uh, exactly. unless he's like, because it's always possible J.J. Watt's going to have like, yeah, like a pick six and a you know, fumble return sack touchdown or something like that. So, you know, he covers <laughs> the for, over. He covers yeah. the over himself on the defensive side. Yeah, that, that wouldn't that wouldn't be good. But it's 41, you know, you need quite a few defensive touchdowns if the offense is right now. Right. I'm. 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 Uh, I don't know. I like. I like the under there. How about your second one? Uh, my second pick. I'm gonna going to uh, follow another um, successful bet from last week. Um, and I think yeah, Jacksonville still going to be. I think looking to continue their winning streak and make their final push to win the division. Uh, they now have the. They now have the lead in the AFC South. Um, they're a four and a half point favorite at Houston, and uh, I'm going to take uh, Jacksonville minus four and a half. One and a half, okay. I'd say, I think I think they're the, I think they're really heating up. I guess you could say it doesn't matter. They, maybe Jacksonville doesn't care about this game because all they have to do to make the playoffs is beat the Titans in overlook this game and get to the next one. Yeah, even if they lose, it doesn't matter. But um, I guess there's also an outside shot that they can make the playoffs without winning the division so um but i they why why risk it but just win all the games you can i think it should be their should be their mentality i think so too well we'll see what they do i guess but uh yeah it's one of those things where i don't know if you yeah i, I think the jaguars have proved um proven that they're a decent team if not a great team and Trevor lawrence has played pretty well over the last several weeks so and Houston did get a win last week. Yeah, they did. But After two two close games against uh, powerful opponents, the Cowboys and the Chiefs, uh, they both, which both games went down to the wire. But maybe Houston's a little tired now since they they played three tough games in a row. And they, and they probably for their draft position don't want to win too many games because there's probably somebody that they should have their eye on. Yeah, if they win one more game, they're at risk of getting out of that bottom seed <laughs> yeah the, the bears could could take it they're three and 12 oh. and the the if if they lose they'd be three and 13 and the texans if they win they would be three 12 and one so they would be the they would lose the number one pick and although the bears i guess you could say if the bears are the number one pick they aren't going to pick the same person that the texans would because they had justin fields as their quarterback in the future they aren't going to pick a quarterback number one yeah so I guess I guess it doesn't matter probably. Um, although maybe you could say, well, somebody the Bears might be very willing to trade out of that number one spot, and somebody could go in and swoop uh, and get. You know, right. So why risk it? Yeah. Play right. to get that one seed. 
yeah. they'll they'll also get another high pick too because uh, Cleveland is near the bottom, and that's the yeah. that's who gets they get the yeah Houston gets their draft pick too, correct? I think so for the this year and I think next year too. As part of the Deshaun Watson trade, so Houston stands to potentially gain a lot of ground, maybe very quickly through the draft, uh, if they select wisely. Yeah, they have the Cleveland first round pick and the um, their own first round pick, so they have two probably top, possibly top ten, ten to twelve, one and maybe ten ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have twelve picks overall, so yeah, good. So maybe yeah, maybe they aren't going to, but I, yeah, maybe it's because you you want to win games, and I'm sure Lovey Smith wants to keep his job, so maybe he's yeah. going to keep winning. Um, How about your uh, your third pick? My third pick is in the Monday night game uh, next week. I believe it's the Monday night game, and that is the biggest game of the weekend, um, and that's the Bills at the. Bengals. Right now, the Bills are favored on the road by one point. I'm going to take the Bengals at home with that one point. And I think the Bengals will win. But I guess if they tie, I will still come out on top. So I, I'm going to take the Bengals. Uh, my, Bengals plus one. I think the... As a, as a fan, that may actually be a, a fully acceptable outcome, though, is a, a tie. Ty, yeah. Either way, yeah. I think I think well, the Chiefs are up by one uh, win against the Bengals. Bengals right now, and they're tied with. Yeah, so I think I think uh, Bill. I think I think it would be easier if the if the Bengals beat the the Bills, but I guess a tie wouldn't wouldn't change things. That I think the only thing that would change is they tied would be where the potential playoff game would be. I think the if the if the Bills and Bengals tie, I think the the Bills would drop into the potential number two seed for the AFC. Right, the Bengals would stay at number three. Whereas if, if the Bengals win, they would flip, uh, mm-hmm. and the Bengals would be the two seed, and the Bills would fall from one to three, and the Chiefs would still have one either way. So, um, yeah, but they but I, then they have a game and a half lead over. Well, they'd have that extra half game at least. They only have a half game. Yeah, then they they, they only have a half game over Buffalo still. So right. Um, um, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't think I don't think a tie will happen because no, but it's acceptable. Can, it's acceptable. And for this bet, it's acceptable. Those teams can score points, both of them. And if it goes to overtime, one of those teams will probably score points and not just have a zero-zero extra probably period. But yes. I think the Bengals have been playing a little bit better as of late than the Bills. So and maybe it's wishful thinking. I want the Bills to lose so the Chiefs can be the number one seed. So. Um, Bengals plus one over Bills Monday, January 2nd. How about your I final? like this game too, mm. but I'm not confident in the outcome of the game. But what I am confident in is that points will be scored in this game. <laughs> over under numbers 49 and a half. And I think they'll I think they'll clear that um in this because they're they're both gonna be trying to win. They're both gonna be um putting a lot of points on the board in order to try to outpace yeah. the team. That's that's what I would expect to see. Even a twenty, even a twenty-seven, twenty-four game is going to go over that. So I could, I could see that. that one of those potentials to go, you know, way over this number. Thirty-twenty-seven yeah. to a shootout, but 
we'll have to see what happens. So this this is one of those um, opportunities where, you know, this this could define our season as a competition. Um, you know, we could we could both win this pick, this last game with bets in the same game anyway. It's not the same bet, but it is around the same game it's with more intensity on our does. Um, Monday night. Mike versus Andrew becomes just as important. As <laughs> really yeah, it's really this. Our, our betting has really it's really been an up and down roller coaster of a season for both of us. We I think even perhaps beating each other, we still both have an outside. We both have a decent shot of finishing above five hundred uh, for our uh, picks against the spread. So we probably both want to do that too. Would you? So would you rather finish above five hundred? And lose to me, or would you rather be below five hundred and and be ahead of me? I think I I would rather us both get over five hundred. I think that I think that's more entertaining. I think really. So I I would rather. I I honestly don't care if, if either of us <laughs> wins this. <laughs> I think I think mostly this is like, should either of us be making actual bets in the real world and not just thinking about it. But like you know, you kind of have to like figure out if we're, if this is uh you know worth trying in the real world, and that's well, it seems like more of that to me. It then. seems like we wouldn't necessarily be hemorrhaging money if we right. we, we wouldn't be making money. But like you could say, well, you don't make money going to the movies either, <laughs> and you know, it's just, but it's yeah. a harmless. It's a you know, you're losing a little bit of money for doing that, or you know, you people you know, so like it it's it's not like we would be mortgaging our homes by making. But you know, losing our mortgages by making these um, bets, right? At least so far. But um, yeah, we'll see. We're only I'm only hundred. I think I'm only I'm two hundred dollars down over the course of sixteen weeks. So that's, I think I'm losing twelve dollars. That'll be twelve dollars and fifty cents per week. I'm losing, and you're only a hundred dollars down. So you're only losing six six twenty five yeah. uh, a week. So that's not bad. That's okay. Yeah. So, or for for multiple many hours of entertainment that only cost you know a handful of dollars. Although I guess we were making bets for the other betting agency, we would also be losing the um, the juice ten dollars each bet probably. So yeah, there would be more. We'd be a little a little further off than yeah. than that, but but uh, yeah, and it's given us a reason to sort of pay attention to. You know, games like Jacksonville and Houston. Like, why would we care otherwise? Like, we don't really this, have anything in this. But if we, this, uh, yeah, this this yeah. this, Car- this Cardinals Falcons game. I think both of us were, uh, we're really, we're we, uh, yeah, either of us were going to be uh, terribly invested in it. But now, since there is fake money on the line, right? Sort of and, and then and then because you have money money on that Arizona. Falcons game. Now I want to root for a high scoring game so that your bet will fail. So it's like, <laughs> no. or, but you're ahead. So you should, you should, if you're, if you go three and oh, every time you, you're going to, you control your own destiny. So you don't need to root for my uh, uh, losses. I have, but I, I always seem, I have not, I've not gone three and oh on any week this season yet. So I'm you not, haven't, I've gone three and oh a couple of times. Twice, yeah. yeah. I've gone, I've, I've, I've been more up and down. I think. Um, week 15. In week seven, you went three and zero. I've gone two and one a lot, but yeah, I think one and two is my most common. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't um, tally that 
that up anyway. But... The mean and the mode and the <laughs> right. I've gone zero and three twice. Looks like you've gone zero and three twice also. So it's the two and ones versus the one and twos. That's what's where we're really. Yeah. So I mean, I was four and eleven after week five, and so I've two and one to my way up to only one under five hundred. So. <laughs> Congratulations, Dr. Scaff. Yes. I think that's probably good note to end on. So talking about our, our climbing the mountain and maybe hopefully not slipping down uh, as per to me, climbing climbing a mountain to mediocrity. Yes. yes. <laughs> like halfway up the mountain. Yeah. Not to the point. You know, it reminds me of the uh, the end of the uh, Lord of the Rings movies where they didn't they didn't, they didn't even climb i was thinking they didn't even climb all the way to the top of mountain dew they just needed to go inside to, to dump the ring and yeah. and then they couldn't even do that until uh Gollum bit the uh <laughs> bit the ring off of uh Frodo's finger right and then stole the ring as like, yeah, it was i don't know it was a a lot of things can happen uh on the way to the uh, uh on, the, on the way to potential victory but sim similar to what uh I like I like my Jeff Saturday analogy last week there with the uh, Simpsons uh, Springfield Gorge, but uh, that's another. We we didn't even talk about that this week. The Jeff the Jeff Saturday uh, continuing saga. Yeah, they got blown out by uh, the Chargers, who have um, earned the first playoff berth of Justin Herbert's career with that victory. So, but anyway, the playoff pictures are shaking are are shaping up. Our betting. Competition is also going to shape up and reach its conclusion in the last couple of weeks. So tune in next week to see how that, uh, see, see what happens there. And until then, I am Dr. Michael Werman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the One Track Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our many delivery vehicles, whether it's through podcasts or uh, our YouTube channel. And until then, I bid you good day.